<laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> episode four. Episode four, right? Yo, episode four. Episode four of Alex Damn, and Coco already. Podcast. You guys are chugging along. We're chugging. Right? We're doing this quick. Yeah. We um, meant to start out just doing one a week, and then I think we were just excited. Started bringing in. Yeah. Started bringing in two guests. Two Very guests long. per week. Speaking of guests, we got we got. Um, I was gonna say good friend of mine, but. <laughs> I don't know friend, you, bud. I don't know him too well. <laughs> a friend of mine. Uh, uh, I, I imagine he's a good friend, but um, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Oh, yo, you know what it is. It's AP to the Jeezel. No, I'm kidding. It's Ariel. Chilling. Ooh. You know, uh, that Dominican light-skinned dude that you see yes. walking around yes. with the light eyes and shit. Chilling. Okay. He light-skinned. Painting, skating. Ooh. Yo, Coco, stuff. you're outnumbered, bro. I'm outnumbered. I am afraid. <laughs> For real. <laughs> Ultimate lights. <laughs> this is terrifying. I went Super Saiyan earlier. I don't know if you can see it. It's still it's still changing back. Ooh. Is but, that just from the, the like the sun or you you dyed it? No, I went Super Saiyan, bro. Oh, oh. You come on. Super super you know He actually transformed. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm Koku, Koku Asamoah. Um, we got my boy over here, Alex Lewis. And hey. um, we just came here to talk about music, art, anything that our minds travel to. But what we like to do when we first start off is talk about what we've been listening to for this past week. So it could be anything new or old, just like something you have been playing while you're working, while you're creating, just any artist, podcast, possibly just anything. So what you've been bumping lately? Talking to me? Yeah. Um, shit. I kind of always have a few different podcasts on loop to, like, get inspiration and stuff. And, mm-hmm. like, I'm really into the comedian ones. Like, I've been listening to Tiger Belly. Uh, that's, like, Bobby Lee and this white dude. Or, no, and uh, his girl and some other people. And then he has another one that uh, is him and this white dude, and they just talk mad shit. Um... I've been listening to fucking uh, Coloring Book of Ooh. all albums Ooh. from uh, Chance the Rapper. Just trying to get my spiritual vibe going. For sure. Um, what else have I been listening to? Shit. That, I was listening to that Erica Badu thing the other day, the uh, live oh, with yeah. her. Oh, uh, yeah. Did you Scott? Yeah. That, shit was, that shit was dope. Um. There's a, I, I think if you go to YouTube, there's like a, somebody recorded it and just put it up there, or like screenshotted it Ooh. so you can listen to it again. That's tight. I got to um, check it. Yeah. And that's, that's really it. I mean, I listen to radio lab sometimes too, just to like learn about some stuff, but everybody's just talking about this COVID stuff. So it's hard to like, yeah, <laughs> it's hard to right. listen to something with substance, you know, mm-hmm. not that like shouldn't stay updated on that stuff but it's like literally everything that i'm looking at is fucking has to do with the the coronavirus so it's like i'm pretty much just listening to stuff that isn't talking about coronavirus yeah that's real mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what about you coco 
me, I've been um, I've been watching a lot of Community lately. Bro, I'm on. <laughs> I, I'm about to finish season six. Same. I'm about to get on season six. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm on episode eight of season six. I've been like for these past three days. I've been binging it. So I've been That's listening. Crazy. I've been listening to a lot of old Donald Glover just to like put that nice. or Charles Gambino put like because I, I was introduced to Charles Gambino through his music before I watched Community. Mm-hmm. So like going back. It's weird to see, oh, this guy was rapping while he's doing all these, like, campy kind of stuff. Right, right. Bro, he did, like, the intro to the song, to the show, and, like... It's so wild. All, like, the side, the side little music or whatever, the really? little jingles in the in the sketches. He did all that stuff. If you listen closely, you hear his voice. So amazing. It's insane. So it's insane. amazing. So, yeah, I've been listening to, like, Cold Sack and um, the I Am Just a Rapper EPs oh, nice. and stuff. Um, now, other than that, I think i just been... Probably just skipping around my my uh, Spotify playlist. Still bumping a lot of knowledge. Still bumping a lot of um. Um, who who did I get? who else did I have? Same same Earl stuff. Um, I was listening to a lot of odd, old Odd Future too, like um, Matt Martian and like the Jet Age of Tomorrow and stuff, that kind of thing. So oh, nice. that's been kind of spinning. That's what I've been spinning. What you got, Alex? So. My little brother, he's a, what's he, freshman, sophomore in high school. Uh, He hit me up and was like, yo, we should rank our favorite Drake songs. Oh. Uh, (laughs) Too light skinned. It's too light skinned. (laughs) It was was mad. (laughs) It was the most light skinned (laughs) interaction I've ever had. (laughs) And so. We went through and we ranked our top 25 Drake songs, which, uh, which got me listening, listening back through a lot of those tracks, whether it be from Take Care or Nothing Was The Same. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, so it's been like a, it's definitely been a few weeks of being, yep. on, the, uh, being on the Drake tip. But yeah. other than that, uh, been listening to a few different podcasts, uh, the quest love supreme podcast yeah oh nice i haven't listened to that yet man it's, is it good it's dope man they've they've had a a lot of uh really cool episodes and they're starting to like rewind a few of them too so like uh i sent this one over to koku earlier in the week uh it was an interview with little brother Oof. and then they had a. Uh, the episode that just recently dropped was a rewind with Solange, like right after Ooh. a seat at the table dropped. And then uh, one of my favorites is on, I had to like go on YouTube to find it, but it's a uh, quest love and his crew talking with Jesus and Mero, which is like, Oh, nice. I was just <laughs> super, that. super fun episode. Damn. Yeah. I got to listen to that. That's that sounds like gold. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like super tight. Control. It's super tight. And they I mean just like I feel like Questlove has so much like connection just to all these different artists has like access to them and has these right. personal relationships with them as well. So it uh is really cool just to just to hear him in conversation with uh dope artists that I'm influenced by. I feel like Quest Love is probably the only person that could get Dave Chappelle to sit down. And Yo, true. That right. would be, be tight. Bro. I think it's like Questlove, Talib Kweli, um, right. 
You gotta like go deep. Um, most deaf. Most deaf. <laughs> the whole cipher. Farrakhan. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, bro! You know what I watched recently was uh, I fucking I fell into a YouTube hole of Muhammad Ali just like doing <laughs> interviews. Yes. Back in the day, just like scaring the fuck out of white people was <laughs> right. Homeboy was homeboy was mad braggadocious with it. Yes, man. <laughs> That's how it yeah, felt. Like, wow. Watching, uh, there were after the news. Damn, hold on, can you guys hear that? The shit in the background. It's uh, it's it's get... low. It's right. low, like real right. low. All right, cool, cool, cool. But after the uh, after the news, a uh, little Richard's death hit over the weekend. People were like tweeting out all these different videos of little Richard like presenting at award shows and interviews with them, and it was like. Just that same, I feel like that same energy that like you would get yeah. from like a Muhammad Ali interview where it's just like, yo, I, I know I'm the best. Like try right. and tell me I'm not. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I know, I know what I'm saying is right. Stop. Stop trying to skew the facts. Yeah. Right. Because right. both, of, both of them, they were innovators or very close to innovators of what they were doing at the time. At least right. like they... They introduced a new form of, of boxing or or different kind of I mean paved paved the way. Paved the way, exactly. So they definitely had the the right to be that confident and little braggadocious, little right, 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 little cocky. Right. For sure. Right. I can't really think of, of anybody that was like cocky like that. Yeah. Before I mean, not it not at that not at that level. Like I've been watching the uh the last dance documentary. Uh, that's been covering Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls, and mm-hmm. that's been that's been super interesting. Just because, like, I feel like Michael always had a he always had a swagger about him. He was never like I feel like super uh, outspoken in like the Muhammad Ali kind of way, mm-hmm. uh, like inspirational or whatever. Yeah, but like definitely still had that like. Homeboy is like <laughs> kind of a psychopath when you're like mm-hmm. watching the interviews because he's just Damn. like he's just like yo this boy don't eat crust on his sandwiches I'm gonna kill him in this game <laughs> like yo Nuh-uh. this dude doesn't like the music I like let me drop sixty on let me drop sixty like, it's like no bro you, and like there's there was one point where he was like. Oh yeah, that thing, it didn't even happen. Like I just made it up so that I could like have a reason to go out and like destroy this man on the court. So he's just like making stuff up, like oh he's making sick. stuff up, bro. Uh, Michael Michael is a weird man. A weird man. I mean like yeah. we should have known when like he wasn't he wasn't tailoring his jeans. Right. Right, bro, with those boot cuts. I, I think it's interesting that he never he never like he was never really a spokesman for anything right. other than just like he was like I feel like he was the first dude that's like I'm a dunk with these shoes on and sell them but yeah. it wasn't like there's a message behind it you know right right mm-hmm. yeah I feel like very you know not to not to get like too much into the on Jordan but I think just like in the two ways that they approach the game is like very different is like LeBron very much has this like more than an athlete kind of platform where he's mm-hmm. like, yo, I'm going to, I'm going to speak out and, uh, you know, be, be open about these different issues and actually mm-hmm. have like a, you know, a point that I want to make, uh, and MJ, even in the doc, like they talk, he talks about it. He's like, yo, I, I didn't really 
I didn't really feel like I needed to speak into politics or anything like that. And so it's it's definitely interesting, like seeing gonna sell these shoes to these white boys. Right. <laughs> yeah, he was. Like, <laughs> he said something. They bring up some quote about like Republicans buy sneakers too, or something like right. that. Right. Which like That's so true. People were mad. Uh, people were mad, upset about. Do you think Jordan should should have like spoken up for more of that inspirational kind of LeBron talk that he's doing now? Do you think that would have changed anything? Because. Jordan's still regarded as one of the best players and a lot of people still look up to him. I see it. I I think I see both sides of it. mm -hmm. Like, I think it's a, uh, as somebody who's in that position, I think like his, his voice holds a lot of power, which like he may have been a hundred percent aware of that, which is like why he didn't speak up because he felt like he didn't, uh, he felt like he didn't have the words to say on it or like mm-hmm. didn't want to say the wrong thing at the wrong time or whatever. But uh, I also think like with that kind of influence, like, yo, who knows the kind of like change that you could bring you by about, using right? your voice. And yeah. so I think that's the uh, for I don't like slight people who like are like off Jordan because he didn't speak out. Like I, I get it. I'm like, yeah, he, he probably not that he had to be out here, like leading marches or anything, but like <laughs> to use your voice at some level, I think like he, uh, he definitely had an ability and could have brought about a lot of, uh, a lot of influence with, I think Jordan is, you remember in get out when they like switch brains, Whatever, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that Jordan was one of those dudes. Like he might actually be a white guy on the inside. Yeah, he's just Larry. He's Larry Bird on the inside. <laughs> he's actually Larry Bird. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Like all the like, they would uh, you know, they talk about like the different homies that he would go out and golf with, and it was mm-hmm. always like like Larry Bird, Danny Ainge, uh, but the like one, <laughs> never got one, one of the only black dudes that he brings out there with him is this dude named Slim, who he ends up having to like go to court uh, for because he Slim gets into some like gambling trouble. And uh, spoiler alert, like, spoiler alert. <laughs> Who's surprised? It's like, yo. How t- you should have known, bro. You messing with some dude named Slim. <laughs> like, that's an issue. That's crazy. That's crazy. No, I honestly think it's just like, it's similar to, it makes me think about, uh, well, okay, so I have a, I have a, a background in advertising, like graphic design and, and working with like data mining and using that to yeah, yeah, yeah. brand something and mm-hmm. sticking to a brand and not, you know, shit like that. So I think that's kind of what was going on there is like he has he's this like superhero. He's probably one of the first basketball players that was like across the board. Everybody was like, hands down, this is the guy. Like he had little little Mexican kids, white kids, Hispanic kids, Chinese kids Mm -hmm. that wanted to be Jordan. You know what I mean? And like before that, I don't think anybody wanted to be a black superhero. You know what I mean? Right. So he like. I think his team was really aware of that and was like, you need to just stay in this lane and sell these shoes and don't like, don't go stand with the don't, black pants. Don't, don't do this, don't yeah. do that. 
And maybe he just didn't think he needed to do that anyways, which right. is his right. Yeah. But it makes me think of um, like when Kanye put the, the MAGA hat on, it was like, who's the last people that he needs to sell his album to? These fucking rednecks. Right. So let right, me fucking put right. this shit on and connect with these people and then sell my album. As soon as the, the season selling season is over, I'll just hop right back on the train I was on before. Yeah. Right. And, like, if you really pay attention, that shit kind of happens a lot. Like, people reach a certain point. Like, famous people reach a certain point where they have to, like, flip to get the other side. Otherwise, they're just done making money, you know? Mm -hmm. Yep. It's or, steady. like, their brand is, is static, you know? And it's yeah. not like... It stays reaching the same people. Right. Which is... you. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that either, which I feel like that's kind of what you should do. Right. But, yeah, I felt like there was something with like ASAP Rocky a few years back, where like he I, mentioned, he talked about some political shit, and I think people he, were I, like, "Yo, I'm <laughs> pretty sure he's rap, bro." <laughs> I'm pretty sure just, <laughs> just talk about fashion and rap. I think he was yeah. on a Breakfast Breakfast Club talking about like um during the Black Lives Matter when it was really in its yeah peak. yeah yeah, and he kind of oh. he was kind of one of the All Lives Matter kind of thing. Damn, <laughs> you know um. Funny part is on the uh, I think the the cozy tapes volume one, he had a line that says "killing niggas, but black lives still matter." <laughs> just like, oh my God, <laughs> it's really untasteful. Just really like, sheesh, man, come on, bro. <laughs> wow, you can't just no. Yam should have so stopped good. you, dog. Yam should. Yam was there. <laughs> like, yo, 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 yo. <laughs> oh my That's God. A <laughs> That's so wild. That's so wild. <laughs> oh my god! I th I think we were we wanted to talk about like what was it? Black artists and their effects on artists now. Yeah, I mean, I've been thinking a lot about like the uh, not even not even just like recent kind of deaths of black icons, whether it be Little Richard, Andre Harrell. Betty Wright, uh, but also I think like, you know, those are people that probably like our parents and stuff were like super impacted by and had connections to, but even like, you know, I think about like a, like a juice world or something like that for even like the mm -hmm. young kids who like you have these, uh, triple x temptation dude right right, pop right. Smoke. How, however yeah pop smoke like all these uh all these you know black artists who uh you know i i think they oftentimes like add to just some of the like everyday deaths yeah. that you see yeah. of like black men and women and i think just like yeah, I wanted to step into that space a little bit and just talk about like how that how that affects us, how we think about it. Um, you know, is that something that like is that something you think about or impacts you? Um, how does it affect just like art at large? Um, but yeah, a lot of questions. I'm right. um, yeah. I mean, I, shit. That's like that's just super full. I mean. I don't know if I'm like con constant consciously thinking of like I need to be following this person or I need to be need to be you know being inspired 
by this person based on like, this is a black person. I need to be this or this is a Hispanic person. I need to follow this. I right. honestly feel like I lack in that area. Like I kind of just like, I try to really get into my own head and like do all that. But um, I think the effect that it's having on uh, on the culture in general is like, like, uh, how do I say this? Like, like, how do I, okay. I, I feel like, like black artists, Hispanic artists, like just that whole, that whole genre is kind of what moves trends forward. Like what people are wearing, like to this point, even what apps people are, are using, like Chance the right. Rapper is spearheading this Quibi thing. which is like 10 minute episode app yeah. or whatever. And like, and he's a rapper, he's a black artist. So like, I think of, when it comes to that, I think of like, these artists are starting out as a rapper or starting out as this, but then they're like launching into this whole, like, I'm gonna start a restaurant. I'm gonna do this, yeah. I'm gonna do that. There's this uh, there's this dude, this skateboarder called, his name is Tyshawn Jones. Tyshawn Jones, he's this cat from New York. And, uh, he's he's like like the mj of skating right now he's like this yeah. like 21 year old dude who can like jump over shit and fucking do stuff that nobody's been able to do just flat ground street stuff and he has right. this like style and swag that everybody wants to have but can't like just can't and he's like and he became pro and sponsors started throwing money at him and all this shit and then all of a sudden he just turned around and was like I'm not even trying to do all that. I'm gonna get into acting. I just opened up this restaurant. Like I'm gonna start making money for my family and like thinking about the future and not just jumping into this this skateboarding shit. Because for him, it was a few reasons. Like it went into how he he didn't really agree with how people were like idolizing him, like all of this shit, and how the industry was kind of like kind of a. Uh, like fanboys too much or like mm. i don't know it was a little a little arrogant but at the same time i could i could see where he was coming from so like i guess that's one dude that kind of inspires me when it comes to that it's like he's always thinking of what else can i use as a tool to like elevate my art or elevate my life or whatever right right, mm-hmm. right. about you Coco? what comes to mind for me um definitely I'll probably say Charles Gambino, Donald Glover, because um, like I was talking about earlier, when I first introduced to him, I was introduced to him through Charles Gambino. I was like, oh, he can rap. Then I found out he can act. It's like, oh, wow, he can act too? This is nice. Right. Then I the found out- he was acting before rapping. <laughs> it's crazy. He, was, he was actually writing before rapping, before right, acting. Right, like, really? Because he, wow. he wrote for 30 Rock. So like, oh, I, started, right. I started finding all these, like, wow, like, he, can, he doesn't have to be stuck to one field because- most of the people I've listened to or watched are just only actors or rappers or writers, something like that. But just to see a guy encompass all of that, it was amazing. So it definitely opened up possibilities for me to see that we don't have to be stuck in one bubble. You know what? You never had to be stuck in one bubble. It's, um, mm. it's definitely that, something. That reminds me of uh, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy was like that. Comedian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He had a fucking, a, like, a hit single way back in the day. Right, right. <laughs> and then started making movies. He started doing any, any anything. Legend. 
Yeah. Legend, the party, what? My girl likes to party. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> but it's definitely, yeah, I, I would say Chash Gambino. It's, it's, it's great seeing these black artists take on different roles to inspire a lot of the, the black youth that want to pursue something else rather than the typical route that you may see happen. So, right, right. I mean, like, yeah, it's, it is, uh, I was listening to uh, this podcast today. I think it's like a, let me see if I can find it, uh, a waste of time. Um, and they just like, I think they used to be like A&Rs in the hip hop world, but mm-hmm. they have access to like all these different people within music. And they did this tribute episode recently. Uh, I think it released today to Andre Harrell and had like DJ Clark Kent on there and Jeff Sledge and a number of other people who are in the music world and had, uh, and it worked closely with Andre and like hearing them talk about him. It was, it was so, uh, so impactful. I think just to, just to hear somebody who was so impacted, not only through that person's art, but had like a, personal connection with them to be like, yo, this person was involved in like music movies. Like they knew everybody, like this dude put Diddy on, like there's no Diddy without Andre Harrell. There's no Mary J Blige without Andre Harrell. There's no heavy D. And I was like, yo, who is like, who is that person for me? Like when I'm, you know, few years down the road or whatever and looking at like, the artists that I've been most impacted by, I think about like, <clears throat> will I have that kind of view of like a mm-hmm. Kanye West uh, of like, yo, this person like opened up the doors for all these different people. Will I have that view of like a Tyler, the creator in terms right. of like the or kind of R. culture that, or, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. I hope not, right. <laughs> I hope I don't have that view. I don't need to talk oh, about shit. that nigga again. <laughs> but there's definitely like, it, it just, it, it makes me think like, cause if I think about it now, like, yeah, the, the people who have most impacted me are like the, the Childish Gambinos, the Kanye's, the Kid Cuddy's, uh, the Tyler's, the Frank's, like the these artists who I think they are not just like single-minded in terms of their art. Like mm-hmm. uh, that's probably why I'm like not as connected to say Kendrick or J. Cole because I feel like they are very much like, yo, I'm, I'm about this rap life. And like, yeah, that's yeah, dope. Yeah. Like they kill it. So like, please, please be all about the rap life. Uh, but I feel like uh, some of those artists I mentioned, whether it be like Gambino or Kanye, they've oftentimes approached art from this place of like, yo, I want to create this experience around the art. Like Gambino with that, uh, with because of the internet and having yeah. like, that whole screenplay that went with it uh, yeah. and having like the, the skits and how the album was broken out into 
you know, like different scenes and whatnot was like so cool to me because it was like, yo, this is a, this is this rapper who's also an actor who also sings, but is also like creating this world around this album so that we get to experience it. It was super dope. So yeah, it definitely like with everything happening right now and like some of the folks that we've lost, even outside of just black artists, like I think about like a Mac Miller, it's like, yo, these are, you know, we're, we're getting to, we're getting to this place where like, we're starting to lose some like some icons like the giants of art and music and like what is you know how does how does that how does that change the how does that change the game going forward it it's scary to think about because just uh just the other day or probably like a couple of weeks ago it's like damn if if kanye does pass or like like a Jay-Z or a lot of these big artists that have affected many of the artists or people I listen to today. It's like, how, how would it affect the world? How would that shift things? How would that, right. how would that personally shift me? Yeah. And is that uh there's that Drake line where he's like, I never cry when Pac does, but I probably will when Hove. I never, I never cry when Pac died, but I probably will when Hove does. Like, Cause that's going to be crazy. It's going to be wild. And Bro, it's like, I used to think that about like, it's going to be a sad day when Bill Cosby dies, but now I'm like, not so sure. Great. <laughs> right. Isn't that crazy, bro? It's wild. I was, I was going to mention, I was going to ask that too when you, when you mentioned R. Kelly earlier too, like Bill Cosby, R. Kelly, they definitely had a big impact on people. And yeah, those people who are probably a little bit older than us. Yeah. Spent their whole life listening to these artists are watching Bill Cosby stand up, watching his TV shows. And now these, these allegations and, these proven facts are coming up. Like, yeah. How does how how does that affect you? How does that change you as a person? Like if we right. found out one of our idols or someone that we respect so much did heinous things, mm-hmm. how how right does that does that change us? Is, can we still can we still like? I mean, uh, dude, Kanye is the best example of that, bro. Like, yeah, current the current one, like he made that whole flip and still kept his numbers up mm-hmm. you know and like I, I know this one dude that's obsessed with him and like he went right along with him you know it's like mm-hmm. he couldn't see the whole the whole like scheme behind the whole marketing scheme behind it right it was more like yo i'm i've been following this dude forever i've listened to his music i feel like i know this person if he jumps i'm jumping you know mm-hmm. it's crazy do you think there's a point where you're just blindly following someone like with that kind of anything like can you objectively say like all right it's time to like take a step back and say like if Kanye was doing some heinous stuff right could there be a time like all right yeah I honestly think people should separate the artist from the art Mm -hmm. and I think that's what's the hardest thing to do like I'll use uh Cosby as an example because that's like the most extreme one I can think of like his he made so many fucking people happy with this damn show and all that shit. And, but he was doing all this shit behind the scenes. But you can't discredit how great of a show the Cosby show was. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't matter what you say. Like, there's numbers yeah. to prove. I mean, fucking yeah. 20 seasons or some shit. Mm-hmm. You know? But then it's like, all this shit comes out. And it's like, okay. It, you definitely can't watch it now and think like, damn, was <laughs> he fucking... Did he 
quit this scene and go fucking mess with somebody after this? Or was there somebody <laughs> passed out in his right. trailer while he was filming right. this, you know? Like now. So I'm going to take a 10 real quick. Right. Now it's, <laughs> different. Now it's different, but I don't know, man. Yeah. I mean, you can't take those, like, you can't take the way that that art made you feel away, which I think is like why it becomes mm-hmm. incredibly hard for people to separate the two. Um, and I also think like, I think it's why it's hard for people to separate themselves from the artist, uh, mm-hmm. which is, you know, I think we have a very mm-hmm. weird relationship to celebrity in this country. You know, yeah. I, I think probably globally, but I can speak specifically for the U S like we romanticize these celebrities and, you know, I, th- I think we get to the point where we, you know, because their art has impacted us or their work has impacted us in some way, we have this like emotional relationship to them, which I think right. begins to take on like the form in our minds of like an actual relationship. Mm-hmm. So that like when these artists start like going on some crazy shit and right. it's like, Yo, it's like, it's like it, you join their tribe and then like you right. find out your tribe leader sucks. Right, like, right. Fuck. Do I suck now because <laughs> I didn't notice? You right. Know? Yeah, which I think is like that's the that's so much of like the R. Kelly story, right? Like if you watch like the surviving R. Kelly documentary and all these people, there's even that like famous like boondocks episode about oh. like the R. Kelly case mm-hmm. and like just all the uh you know all those black people who were like yo and like this is a one. this is a scam like uh they're trying to they're trying to pull R Kelly down which like i don't really i don't that that narrative doesn't the really black resonate with me or whatever yeah <laughs> right like the the narrative of like we are bringing these celebrities down like we're ruining their careers like yo they're they're gonna be fine. If you're gonna you be do, great. If you do heinous <laughs> if you do heinous shit, like you need to be called out on it. And For it's sure. not a matter of like a uh you know, it's it's not a matter of us like hunting to like bring celebrities down, which I think like we do have this weird thing in the US of like as soon as somebody starts to get to a place of influence, like we wanna find holes in their armor. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a big difference between that and like somebody being at an incredibly high level, having gained a large amount of money and also thinking that they're invincible and can do whatever they want. And if somebody calls them out on it, that it's like us trying to like ruin their careers. Right. Right. Yeah. It, it's very like you were saying with how we have a tendency to, in America to where when we see someone at a high point, it makes us feel good to see them like crash, whether it's something simple or something. I mean, most of the time it's understandable. Like if you're slinging the N word around and you're not a black person of color, then like, okay, you, you, you kind of need to face a um, repercussion through that. But right. there's a lot of other things where like a simple kind of, I remember a while ago, do you remember that, uh, uh, that, that guy who has all those wildlife animals that are attracted to him, he has that deer called Canela or something. Oh, oh, uh, Brother Nature. Yeah, Brother Nature. Like he was quoting Odd Future lyrics 
And that resurfaced like a year or two ago. And people were like, oh, get him out of here. Boom, boom, boom. And like with a quick Google search, you can see that's not even what he says. Like that's not even him. Right. stuff, yeah. Yeah. It it definitely sucks to see that happen. But like you said, there's heinous things that you've done that you definitely need to pay the price for it. Yeah. But we also need like literacy in terms of like understanding the context Mm -hmm. of certain situations. Do you guys ever have like have ever had this this conversation with people like somebody will bring up like a fact that they know and like have like a a whole like they're on their soapbox about it and they're for sure that it's real and all this shit and then I'm like okay what else did it say and then they're like oh I just read the headline I'm like what <laughs> or like they really didn't read that far into it or I'll ask them like okay where did you get it from it's usually something online or like some like just something quick that they saw. I mean, it's even happened to me. Like I'll, I'll be scrolling through something and I'll like, I'll see a piece of information. It'll connect with me or whatever. And then later I'll be having a conversation with somebody talking to with them, like as if I know the whole thing, but I don't really know the whole story. You know, I feel like that's way more common than anything. And I think that's kind of to tie back to the celebrity stuff. I feel like, that's mostly what they're going through, but sometimes they actually hit something that's like, oh shit, this shit's real. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think definitely now in this time of crisis where information is getting thrown out from every source of media, um, it's easy to pick up things and it's easy to trust right. celebrities when they say stuff. So when you see a celebrity retweet or like a post with someone saying, oh, like 5G caused um COVID-19 or COVID. oh my god yeah, yeah yeah it's it's wild it's 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 it hurts me to see because celebrities take this 5g and they might like it or retweet it and people will blindly follow it regurgitate that information it's it's hard to it's hard to see because they take such a firm stance on that side and they're unwilling just because like their favorite celebrity supports that max that up yeah it's i mean it's mad or it's mad easy for like fake news to spread. Uh, There was this tweet that this comedian had shared last night and uh, the comedian said like, Mitch McConnell has tested positive for COVID-19. And I was like, yo, what? (laughs) Because all the stories have been coming up about like people in the White House, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, people in the White House getting tested, like testing positive for it. And I sent it to, I sent it to Elizabeth and was like, yo, this is crazy. Uh, and then I like looked at it a little bit further and was like, hold up. This might be, <laughs> this might be false. Like, wait one they minute. They got you. Wait they one got minute. She caught you slipping. And then like, I did a quick, did a quick Google search and it was like, yeah, that's, it's not real. I was like, all right. Or yeah. is it real? And Google's telling you it's not. Ooh. Yo, open your third open eye. Eye. Open your third eye. The chakras are blocked. The chakras are blocked. We are ascending. <laughs> oh my god. But yo, it was it was like it's so easy. Like, and you know, not to say that like I j- I, f- I fell for it like mad mad easily because I think like it's also a matter of like uh sometimes it's like things that you want to believe in a way like (laughs) not to be petty but like you're like yo i mean bro i wanted to believe the 5g shit so bad you don't even know i love conspiracy shit like that 
it, it gets great to a certain point because then it starts getting like, oh, this makes this is starting to be. Yeah. All right, you're pushing it. Wait, there's only five G in like three countries. Exactly. Good job. Yeah, I remember like in high school, like uh, I had this homie that uh, he was like, yo, he would send me all the like uh, the Illuminati like Freemason conspiracy uh-huh. videos, and like at the time. We're also like heavily listening to Absol and like <laughs> Electronica. And it's like, yo, on your whole type of shit, just like everybody. Oh, and, but it was like <laughs> the homie was white, so it was, like, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, bro, you're more hotep than I am. <laughs> he came in. He came in class with a kufi yeah, on. Bro, you're probably like his only non-white friend, man. I was yeah. like, he was trying to prove his worth. He's like, oh, I'm about to put him on. I'm about to put right. him on. He's like, see, bro, I understand. It's like, yo. <laughs> That's crazy. I think that was the best time for conspiracy theories. Because uh, the you had the, the most free time just to like research and to watch <laughs> YouTube videos after YouTube videos. I remember there was one about uh, the Kanye West power music video. Mm. about like they're like yo you see the triangles <laughs> you see the pyramids oh the one with the like the thing that long bomb bomb that guy <laughs> like that guy sang some some african devil oh shit. yeah i remember oh, that. Of, of mercy remember mercy yeah mercy, yeah play that shit backwards it's just something. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh my god and then I, I i started getting into like they would play like beatles records backwards yeah. oh, yeah, and be yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yo yeah. do you hear this but was wild. it John Lennon still alive or Paul McCartney? <laughs> Some like, somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. weird stuff. Yeah. yeah, I like that a lot. Oh, oh, so it's Sim- like he faked simpler his death times. Yeah, yeah. It's like um, faked his death. He played backwards. and says, "Oh, I'm not dead. I'm at Krispy Kreme. Uh, Pick me up." <laughs> just, <laughs> just <laughs> stupid stuff. I have, a, I have a hot take on on celebrities faking their death. It might be too soon because it's because it has to do with Kobe. But uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I was inspired. Tread lightly, <laughs> Yo, tread lightly, bro. I'm treading lightly. I promise. I We're promise. only at episode four, bro. <laughs> I promise. You can take this part out if you need to, but I'm just saying. So uh, so this documentary just came out with MJ, right? So I'm thinking, Kobe was like, "How do I make my documentary better than MJ's? I'm gonna die on these motherfuckers. Watch." <laughs> What? <laughs> too much too much <laughs> you might have to take that part out you see you still me he said it you know what would make my documentary fire <laughs> if i just up and died on niggas <laughs> yes bro but it's a fake but he faked it and i would take my <laughs> honestly where's he guys, at bro might, you guys might have to kick me off of this shit oh no 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 we gotta you gotta elaborate we gotta keep <laughs> The thing is, I feel like if I were to pick my death, I would go out in a helicopter as well. I think that's like, yo, if I'm faking my death, I'm definitely choking on a waffle at Waffle House. Oh, damn. Wow. Wow. I'm with that. Just like, let me be in my happy place right quick. You know, the employees wouldn't do anything about it, too. They'll just have that cigarette. They'd be like, this happens every Tuesday. Oh shit! They'll add you to the waffle batter. They'll just cremate you. <laughs> Throw you into the flour. <laughs> you can like just pick a fight with somebody at Waffle House. Ooh, yo, I mean, go that way. 
Can I get a waffle? Speaking of speaking uh, of bodies and batter. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. This is a great this is a, this is a great great segue. That was but, a segue? <laughs> <laughs> so I work at Jenny's and uh recently <laughs> shout out to Jenny's recently uh Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, uh she she had our ice she had our ice cream in her freezer on uh James Corden's late night show. Mm. And uh I was just that when it happened, I was like, oh, this is lit, cool. Um but like over the next few days, all these conspiracy theories started dropping. Oh, no. And one of them was that we were like people were trafficking uh children through oh, Jenny's, but putting the remains of the children into the ice cream. Oh my god. <laughs> Wait, isn't Ohio like the biggest the most like the most trafficked most uh what was it the numbers has the highest like trafficking numbers, sex trafficking numbers? I don't know. In the country? I'm oh, pretty no. sure it's oh. I think it's high up there. Bro, there our our shit's about to our connection's about to go again. I yeah, yeah. I have 5G. I can feel it, bro. Oh no. Wait, how did that you rumor know, even start? Uh, Joe Biden buys lots buys lots of Jenny. <laughs> oh my god! Damn it, Joe! Damn That's it! Great. It went yeah. It was nuts. It was like, it was like it was crazy because there was this like QAnon thread that started going where they started like finding random pictures on the website and being uh. like. Look at this dude's look at this dude's tattoo. It's got the all-seeing eye. Aww, Don't you see no. how oh <laughs> I was like people are cr- now I see like how those YouTube videos get created mm-hmm. where I'm like, "Oh, you're you're just you're picking at straws right now." Anything. It's so easy. I've seen that shit happen to my parents too, like when they when when their phones got like when everybody's has Facebook all of a sudden and all this shit. Like, once my mom started using Facebook, she started saying some crazy ass shit to me. I'm like, what the? Let me check your feed real quick. And there's like all this shit that just pops up all the time. And she's like, scared about shit on the news and like, right. her 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 uh, political centering. It's like shifting all this shit. And I'm like, how the fuck is this this kind of shit happening? Right. Like, what are people regurgitating all the time? You know? <laughs> I, I think that's pretty funny, too, because my mom, um, they're, I'm first-generation gener- African, and they, they they came here, of course, try to make life better Shout out to me. the first generation. Shout out to the first generation. Big facts, big facts. But the problem about that is <laughs> they use WhatsApp. Yo. And I've come, I've, come, I've come to find out. WhatsApp is worse than Facebook. WhatsApp is a wild world. It's a wild world because they get information. Like, it's like, oh, my mom's like, oh, did you know that refrigerators can eat you? I'm like, what? what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how, mom? Tell me how. <laughs> Explain. A refrigerator is going to come and eat me. It's some random stuff. Right. And she got it from like your cousin or from her cousin, her nephew, and exactly. like somewhere else, hella far away. Yeah. Hella far. Oh my God. So, so right now, my mom's been um to combat. Uh, the coronavirus. <laughs> He's been <laughs> boiling water and putting like orange skins, garlic, onions. Oh, I've seen that. And, and like, like <laughs> and sniffing it. Stop. 
stop this. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, this probably does help. Like, I saw that one. I saw like, that clear, one. clear your nose. Yeah, legs. right. Your sinuses. Helps. Clears your sinuses. But I don't think this is gonna stop. <laughs> no, did you guys? Were it. you guys like? Did you guys get a flu or were sick at all before all this shit happened? Yeah, I did get sick in um. Me too, man. Me too. December. I was like, I had the worst flu I've ever had. Like, I think it was December, right before I went to, right before I went to Cuba. I was like. I wanted to fucking. I felt like I was gonna die. Like, Could I was move? Like, yeah, bro. It was it was insane, and it wasn't like regular, like a regular fever, or regular flu. It was like <laughs> it was intense. Wait, so but, y'all yeah. y'all y'all were sick too? Yeah, I got sick. Probably, yeah, I'd say like a month or two before I started quarantining, and yeah. it wasn't like <clears throat> it wasn't a crazy flu, like. I had to go. I had to go home for a few days from work, but that joint like passed around, mm. like my whole yeah. my whole like section of the office. So we had like probably for a week or two there. Like somebody new was like going <laughs> home every day. Damn, that's strange, man. Damn, five G. That five G is getting us. Five G, Corona, Corona, five G. Sheesh, damn. That's intense. That's yeah. Did you, did you guys check out that uh, the Dust of Digital page with the the historical? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of the pages I've been just to tie it back to what we've been talking about. That's one of the places where I'm getting inspired by artists of all colors, honestly, but mostly Black and Hispanic artists from way, way back in the day that I could never even thought of, like. Mm-hmm. Like their most recent, one of them, their most recent post was the, that that couple from the, or that duo from like the 1920s. I was like, oh shit, like this shit is, is fucking, if without them, talk about like there's no, there's no Kanye without whoever, there's no whoever without those people. Yeah, you know? right, right, right. It goes deep. It goes so deep. Um, even to imagine like the technology they had back then to be able to make songs that can last shoot almost some um, timeless yeah right through through yeah through generations almost almost centuries it's it's wild literally yeah. centuries literally yeah does that mean that's, that's that's a whole century oh yeah you said 1920 <laughs> <laughs> but i feel like the like the creation like kind of the mindset of making music has like shifted so much. Not that it's like for better or for worse. It's just like the fact of the matter is that like probably back then, like you're making music for, you know, either yourselves or like the opportunity that you get to like play live in front of an audience or whatever for radio or something like that. Now it's like, you make music for like literally minute to minute moments because mm-hmm. timelines and news feeds mm-hmm. move so fast. So many things like likes, streams, right? Fucking, and they're all just numbers. It's it's kind of insane. Sometimes I think about like the artists who never recorded and never got any light or anything at all. Like, there's got to be a whole bank of music that's just like nobody no one's ever gonna know about because right. I, I was talking to one of my teachers way back when i was in high school 
and I, she was like, she noticed I was, I was super into the seventies way back then. Like if you guys would have seen me in high school, you would have thought I was like the weirdest dude. I had a fucking hat for the whole time. Yeah. I had like seventies band t-shirts. Roll bounce. Um, everybody <laughs> thought I was like, everybody thought I was smoking all this, like smoking weed and shit. But I was like, I wasn't even, I was so against it, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody thought I had like joints in my hair and all this shit. But anyways, that's past the point. <laughs> yeah. I was talking. Racist. I was talking to her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think so. it's not because you were a black. Bro, I think they did. Yeah. What's a girl for? He knows. It's it's a weird yeah. dichotomy of of black yeah. students and white students. Uh-huh. Kind of, kind of meshing uh-huh. together, but kind of not. It's what's weird. the uh, yeah? What's the, what was like the the break the racial breakdown at Groveport? Shit. It was like. I feel like it, it I want to say it was like 60 40, maybe. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. That sounds right. 60, right? What, 60, 60 white? 40, 60, uh, 60 white, probably 40, 40 black. Mm-hmm. But, but all the white people went right and all the black people yeah. went left towards the east side. Right. And all the, all the, white people went straight into Groveport. There'd be some, like a few people that would go into Groveport that I noticed, but like that lived in the actual town of Groveport. I didn't know that many non-white people that lived yeah. in the actual town of Groveport. Every time I went into Groveport, I got pulled over every single fucking time. Really? Like, literally. And it was like the car, the, the dude would tell me like, I don't know your car. I don't know this. Where, <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, I, I don't know you. One of my, I was living with one of my friends. You remember Alan George by any chance? He wasn't. He was in band. I don't think so. No. Anyways, he was a white dude. I was dropping him off after soccer practice, and we got pulled over. And he didn't notice that Alan was in the car. As soon as he saw Alan, he was like, "Where are you guys going? Oh, we going to his house? Okay, fine." And then they let me go. They let us go. I was like, hmm. "What the fuck is going right. on?" Like he was saying that I was speeding over these tracks or whatever. And then uh, as soon as Alan was like, nah, bro, we, he was going slow. Like, I'm here. Like, they, they let him go. Let us go. He said, you're right. He said, you're And then, you know and then the, cop, the cop was this dude that I skated with. His, it was his older brother. So I was like, what the fuck? What a small fucking little town this is. It's, it's fucking insane. Wow. That's crazy. How do you, how do you, uh, hold up. Let me close my window real quick. Got dogs barking. How do you all feel like you were? Because I also like was in like predominantly white environment, like in high school. Uh, but before that, had been in like kind of relatively like spit split environments being in like being with where y'all went to high school how do you feel like that like influenced you all artistically creatively just the different things that you got into um for me uh when i was in in at groveport is when i first started like diving into the whole like painting and making stuff and doing this and doing that and making jewelry and whatever um i think i didn't really i don't think i really drew much inspiration from around me i had to like kind of draw inspiration from the interactions i would have with people like 
like the white kids saw me as like for lack of a better term like non-threatening like they would say the n-word around me and they would say like yeah they would really push the limits because i'm not as dark skin you know mm-hmm. but right, as soon right. as one of my dark skin friends came around they wouldn't they wouldn't say the shit they would say so yeah. i'm thinking like what the what the hell is going on and then i would translate that into my artwork mm. and a lot of the times my teachers were like what the fuck are you making what is this <laughs> like you can't show this um and then i kind of i like then i started to to notice then race kind of became a, a huge thing that i started to notice a lot like i guess i could say like i was becoming woke or whatever the fuck that shit is like you start to you like wake up and start to realize that like this shit really does really does affect your life mm-hmm. and it ends up affecting your artwork if you're an artist or whatever for sure um and i think that's kind of i don't really like if you look at my artwork it's not it doesn't really have anything to do with that i kind of try to bring lightheartedness to to weird issues whether it's like through weird sexual depictions or like trying to cross boundaries that people don't normally try to cross or don't normally explore but i try to do it in a lighthearted way that almost like as if a kid drew it or something so that it's like invites you entices you in but then you realize oh wait this is an actual this is a real thing you know yeah like i have one i have this one right here i'm working on that's like it's i don't know if you can see it clearly oh yeah the yeeks out yeah the yeeks are out sheesh are out they're taking a picture and then it says i'm my only fan Ooh. So it's like, Ooh. It's like little things like that. Yo, Beyonce. Beyonce, uh, demon sign. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like little things like that. Like I, yeah. that's definitely directly from, from shit from high school to CCD to like what's going on now. You know, like people have always been taking selfies and sending us. I remember in high school when the first nude got leaked and it was like literally just somebody was passing around a phone. It wasn't even like <laughs> right, right, right. a text message. They People printed it out. <laughs> Physical like copy. Yes, bro. And like just that, that kind of shit. I don't, know, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you <laughs> the yeeks were spreading around the school. The yeeks were yes. so. <laughs> What about you, Coco? I I think it was strange because um where I grew up, because I grew up in Maryland, it was like predominantly um where I grew up was predominantly black, African American, and um a Salvadorian. So mm. we would all just kind of mingle all along, probably like at my um elementary schools, like 80% black, 20% white. Then coming to Groveport, which was like 60-40, it was trying to like balance those two sides. Because I, I'm, I guess much like AP, like I wasn't as threatening as, as blacks come. So <laughs> um, blacks. I was, I was definitely, I was, de- <laughs> I was in the scary woods. I wasn't, <laughs> boo, I, I was in. <laughs> But I definitely, I definitely was, you know, still had enough cred to Holy hang shit. out with some of the, the cooler black kids, but right. not a, not a, like not enough to hang out with like the, um, 
the top the top echelon of them. Right, right. So right. I would stay like somewhere in the middle. Like um, I had a friend named Justin who like like typical white kid who listened like who listened to Dan Cook comedy specials and things like that yeah. and stuff like that. Then I had like friends like Muhammad and Darrell and Jarrell and all the rails. <laughs> like, <it> was, <laughs> so like <laughs> exactly. So just having that balance of them kind of, I guess, opened up my opened my mind to like different aspects, different different cultures, different things like that. Yeah. I wouldn't say completely like changed me or like had a big influence on me. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I, I would be the same if I didn't <laughs> that like even in college too, but like it's kind of the same. Yeah, I mean, do do you feel like more more at home or like less less uh, I guess less alone when you're like back in Maryland around all your people that you like people that look like you rather than around a bunch of white people or oh. you know what I mean? Like for oh, for yeah. me when I'm in Columbus, I feel super alone. You know mm. what I mean? Like this is this talking to y'all is huge for me because when I step outside. It's mostly white people that I see everywhere and all the yeah. businesses and all this shit. Mm-hmm. And then when I go to New York or Miami or like the big cities, I feel more at home. Or like when I was in Cuba, for example, I was like, shit, like I was unlocking a <laughs> whole other side of me where like right. if I would have stayed, I'm originally from Mass- Boston, Massachusetts. Where, hey, shout out Boston. Yeah. Bro, it was all all Dominicans, Puerto Ricans. Yes, like, yes fucking you know black people asians it's so culturally diverse Cambodians. bro it's just so many people it's still a super racist town but <laughs> it's hella diverse don't know? run into mark Wahlberg because he will right. yeah. <laughs> he'll slap you with a fucking patty marky mark <laughs> but like i would always look forward to visiting those places because i was like oh finally i could take like a deep breath and like say shit that i want to say right you know? right tiptoe because you'll like i'm i'm about to step on my soapbox again fucking i feel like people people here are like kind of poserish like they'll pretend they're like not racist or they're they like they're they're uh culturally sensitive or racially sensitive or whatever but then just to like not come off as as racist to you because you're a person of color but then as soon as yeah. they're with their friends it's like a whole other thing yeah, yeah. and That's like I, I like I can see that in, in people here and I can't necessarily trust what I can say around people you know mm-hmm. yeah. but when I go to other places where I'm around my people I'm just like a fucking open book you know for sure right right yeah. so yeah yeah I, de- I definitely do feel that um I do see myself code switching sometimes um mm. i definitely feel more comfortable around alex around you around like kenny around daniel people people of color definitely try to tone it down because i don't want to i know i am not but i don't want to seem like the representation of all black people like and that's like the thing i think we all keep in mind when we're in a right in a, in yeah. a, in double, a room full of double consciousness exactly 
so I definitely like try to avoid using certain words, use certain slang. I definitely don't say the N word around white people because <laughs> I don't, I don't want that. I, I want to be comfortable around them, but I don't want them to feel that comfortable. Like, Oh, he's saying it. My nigga. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> and I just, so I just want to get to that point. Cause then that's when like, like, Oh, you can't say that. Like, Oh, why can I say that? And this whole conversation happens. Right. 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 I, so in terms of the Vic, yo, I'm not sure how much time we have left, but I guess I'll shorten this down. So I was kicking it with some friends, right? Mostly black people. My homie Demarius, my homie Michael. We haven't seen, we haven't hung out in a long time. We all went to high school together, all went to middle school together. We're kicking it. Went out on the town. Michael invited some of his friends. They were white. We invited two more people. These two girls. Not gonna throw their names out there because <laughs> don't want to do that to them. Yeah, make it messy. <laughs> don't want to make it messy. <laughs> But you'll text it though. You'll put it in the group chat. I'll, I'll, we can we can talk after this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go into detail. Um, but um, so, long story short, I left where they were for a minute because I had to drop off some friends. I came back. As I was coming back, I got a text like, "Yo, Blake said the N word." I'm like, "All right, <laughs> it's one of those. It's one of those nights." Know. <laughs> I'm ahead. <laughs> so I, I pull up. I meet where they're at. Um, everyone's like standing. I'm, wait, I'm guessing by the fact that his name is Blake, he's white. No, blank, 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 not Blake. Oh, blank. blank. I thought blank. you said blank. <laughs> oh no, no, no. I wasn't throwing out names. Blank said the N word. Okay. Um, so Damn it, got, Blake. <laughs> we got to the bar. Everyone's like standing, kind of weird, because like someone so just said the N word. So I walk in there. I'm, I'm already not having it. And she, the, the girl that said the N-word, I was like, oh, yeah, just having a oh. great time. So I sit down. I was like, yo, what happened? Like, she just said the N-word. <laughs> so oh. I'm trying to talk to her like, yo, you can't say that. She's like, why? I can't. Why can't I say that? Like, I'm not saying it like in a, in a bad connotation. I'm just saying it because like, you guys are my friends. Like, I understand that you feel that way. What do you mean, you guys? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Ripped off my shirt and started banging on my chest. <laughs> I was like, I understand you feel that way, but you got to understand there's a lot of baggage that comes with that word. It's like trying to like, right. try to say this while like a club mix oh of a God. Lady Gaga song is playing in the background. Bad romance is, Bad romance is playing in the background. <laughs> Try to the explain nuances this. of having to teach people about <sighs> fucking race. It, it's so horrible because... You, you can't do this in this setting, especially right. from someone who's like, she starts like crying. It's like, I'm not racist. I'm like, oh, of course. The, the Here we go. The fake tears. Bro, you can't, you can't, you can't teach, especially white women. The first thing they do is start crying and making it about themselves, man. Mm -hmm. I've learned oh. that. I've learned that from like dating many white women and fucking all that shit. It's just like the, the first thing they do is like cry and talk, do it. To themselves i had this i was with this one girl who uh i was gonna go to I, was, I told him i was going to dr and the first thing her mom said was like oh are you getting deported and i was like no 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 what the fuck i was like what the fuck i was like first of all bitch i was born here like are you fucking serious you think you would know after fucking probably was like six seven months almost a year into it Jeez. and uh and uh like pissed off told them like yo this is some bullshit got mad at, at my the girl i was dating because i'm like oh you're fucking probably racist as shit too because of this shit like that's your mom you obviously <laughs> oh, no. think that way too <laughs> so then 
long story short, the mom comes to me to apologize. And the first thing she does is cry and like ask for a hug and all this shit. And I'm like, no, dude, like, this isn't right. about you. I don't care if you're crying. Like, right. Yeah. It's, it's I w- not, it's, you know what I mean? Like you fucked yeah. up and I'm not going to apologize to you for you fucking up, you know, like, right. Yeah. I went to a, uh, my high school was in North Carolina, like right outside of Charlotte and, uh, it's predominantly white, like predominantly conservative, like definitely kind of country area. And, uh, I remember like as a student at that school, it was, I remember like early on started at high school, like 2008. So it was Obama's first election year and it was a private Christian school. And so there weren't like any sort of like rules or protections against like teachers just saying whatever the hell they wanted. And so I would have like teachers who would like pray against Obama getting elected, like (laughs) saying like wild shit, but like all the students are just like regurgitating like whatever their parents say. So like when they knew like, oh, he's one of the only black kids in class. And, you know, he probably likes Obama. Like, whenever stuff would be said, they would, like, look, they would, like, look back at they me. They look at you. And mm-hmm. I'd be like, uh, I'm, Are you going to get mad, black man? <laughs> Are right. you going to defend him? Wow. And so, uh, so that was wild. But uh, later, I mean, like, high school was, was just tough because it was just, like, is like, yo, you either, you learn to, you can, like, beat them or you join them and like as the only one for the most part like mm-hmm. it's hard to beat a whole like school yeah. of people so it well just, really really it's like do you isolate yourself or right. do you make progress right or do you do you want like do you want friends do you want a social life and uh so ended up like probably i mean to be honest like losing a lot of myself like in that context mm-hmm. um and then later on in college, having, you know, sort of that like awakening process of just being like, hold up, like they were being hella racist to me that whole time. Like, yeah. Whether it was like, uh, you know, like saying, saying the N word around me or like being like, oh, you're, you know, you're one of the good black kids. You're not like one of them. Uh, and I remember, like, because a lot of times, like, I'll process things by writing. And so I'd put this, uh, I'd written this blog post or something about uh, the Ferguson protests that were happening and talked about, like, white privilege and my experience in high school and how, how racism had, like, impacted my life, essentially. And all these, because I was an athlete in high school, uh, like all these white moms of like the kids that like my teammates, parents and stuff were like commenting on it and being like, how could you say that? Like we were so good. We were so good to you. It was kind of like this, like Mm. slave master. The boosters came after you, bro. Right. But it was like, (laughs) I mean, exactly what you said, AP, like that immediate, like emotional response of like, how could you say that? We were so good. Like, you know, it's it was never our intention to hurt you kind of thing but it definitely like it stings you know because those are uh especially if it's somebody that you have you've had some kind of relationship 
with or like thought that they cared like it definitely is a definitely definitely takes a toll for sure and i think i think we covered a lot today i think it's good place to stop yeah we bounced we bounced all over <laughs> we really did we really did i needed that though that was dope for sure we could we could keep I, I just like made another one if you want to keep talking after this a little bit just off. okay yeah for sure i got time yeah but um yeah afi thanks for joining us today for real man for sure for sure I, dude let me know whenever you guys want to talk again i'm in there no. oh, definitely, definitely. And I'm trying to as soon as as soon as this shit passes through, whenever that is, I'm trying to trying to meet up in person, man. Like, oh this, yeah, this, this was special. Look, I, we can meet up with masks. I don't give a shit. Yo, <laughs> true, <laughs> true. Next time I go to the uh, Sayota Mile, if you guys want to. Yeah, go. yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. But I usually go out there and get a couple pushes in. Just like I've been getting a fucking gut this whole time, just eating mad <laughs> shitty food, yeah. like not doing anything other than trying to find a way to make money you know right yeah. right without Separate. spending it but <laughs> just tough it's tough bro, it's crazy <laughs> this shit is crazy i hope all this shit opens up again and yeah. like people get people aren't afraid to like shake hands and mm-hmm. i'm shit i don't know if anybody's ever gonna shake hands. like we're probably gonna start doing this <laughs> Yo, for real, just, for real. just prayer hands thumbs up <laughs> Doing what do you kid, the last, last, play. Last, last take last take last take i promise this isn't a bad one um <laughs> do you think uh gang members and shit are still gonna do like the whole like oh that's a lot of contact yo <laughs> a lot of contact. True, true they gotta sanitize before they gotta sanitize that's what yeah, that's what, that's what the, the new friends be like yeah <laughs> yo, I do that. true the news needs to talk about that gang members in there. Yeah, I mean they may yeah. set the they may set the example though. Like we don't see them out at town halls with true guns and shit. Like, yeah, social distancing. They're probably, they're probably be, yeah, they're social distancing, being mad sanitary. Right, they're not on, they're not on the block no more. That's what's up. Shout out to them. Shout out gang members. Yo, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> getting us our drugs safely and fucking being safe. And I mean, su- su- supporting their communities, the little, sure. the little homies coming up. Mm-hmm. Little Man. homies, the little G's become the big old G's. All that they, they're learning how to socially distance. Like it's, it's a good cycle. It's, it's a beautiful legacy. Hey, if you want to plug your your Instagram, your website, your art, anything. Yeah, um, just go to apegdesign.com and you can see everything there. I'm, I just put up a shop, so there's a few things on there. Follow if you want, buy some shit, hit me up. I prefer um, if you want something from my website or some shit like that, hit me up in the DMs and we'll figure it out that way. It's usually how I like to do it. Um, But Apex Design all across the board, Instagram and the website, and then you'll go from there. Yeah, and the shit's the shit's dope. So definitely, definitely yeah. check them out. We've been staring at this background of skateboards and beautiful art on them. Oh, it's amazing. Bro. 